1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I am your host, your master of ceremonies, Jimmy Cook, in for the coach, Bob Level. So pleased you've chosen to spend part of your Saturday night with us, a monster day in college hoops, Colts Raiders tomorrow, the franchise in disarray. But first, scores
0: with the star of the show,
1: Network Indiana's Brad Huber.
0: Thank you, Jimmy Cook. Good to be with you and Sam Fritz on this Saturday night, snowy Saturday night in Central Indiana. It was a big day of college football and basketball across the state. But we'll begin with a game that just went final seconds ago at GameBridge Field House here in Indianapolis. A big win for the Indiana Pacers, the blue and gold. They outscored the Toronto Raptors 36 to 14 in the fourth quarter to win tonight, 118 to 104. Six players in double figures for the Pacers tonight. College football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish starved off a comeback by Navy to win 35-32. to 32. Ohio State was all over Indiana today, 56-14 to in Columbus. Indiana's bull hopes are now done. A big upset for the Boilermakers, the Purdue. Beat Illinois 31-24. to 24. They remain very well alive in the Big Ten West race to try to get to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. They need to beat Northwestern and Indiana and have Iowa lose one of their final two games of the season. Indianapolis Greyhounds, they win their eighth GLVC championship, beating Truman State 28-14. Congrats to the Greyhounds. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports. Sports talk Once
1: again, I am your host, Jimmy Cook, filling in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Thank you so much for making part of your Saturday evening with us, a monster day around the world of college football. We're going to get to that a little bit. Rob Blackman is going to join us to recap that massive win for the Boilermakers, as in theory, an opportunity, albeit a small one, but an opportunity to make it to the Big Ten title game is still alive. For the Boilermakers, a lot of things got to break their way for that to happen, but that is still on the table and still very much in play. We're also going to talk to Tom Noy in our next segment of the South Bend Tribune. You often hear him throughout the year here on Indiana Sports Talk. He'll give us a little bit of an explanation for what happened to the Irish after they took a massive 35 to 16 lead into the break against Navy and then went scoreless the rest of the way against the midshipmen. So we'll get a recap on that how things are feeling until we get closer and closer to the rivalry between Notre Dame and USC. All that and so much more to take care of as the show rolls on. But first, a look at your Indianapolis Colts, a team that from content perspectives is the gift that keeps on giving. But a team in terms of where are you going from a week-to-week basis and what is the identity of this team moving forward? Well, one could have said to start the week – You had no idea what the identity of the team was and what direction they're headed. But you could also say that, well, they have a head coach in place, Frank Reich's here. You know, we're still kind of twiddling our thumbs a bit, but this is the same old, same old, working our way towards a potential AFC South title that leads to a first-round playoff exit. Life is fine. Not so fast, says Jim Ursay. turns the entire franchise upside down, tosses Frank Reich, which, by the way, I have nothing but respect for Frank Reich. I think he's a wonderful man. But IU Health, if you're listening, you have an ad currently running that I saw today that has Frank Reich on it talking about benefits of Medicare, which is great, but it still labels him as, uh, <laughs> as the head coach at Indianapolis Colts. I understand it's only been five days, so tough to get that, but just so that is in your inbox tray of things to correct as the week goes on because it's now – Head coach Jeff Saturday, a man that, to this point in time, has only one smidge of coaching experience underneath his belt, and that is at the high school level. You've heard the puns by this point, the jokes, the 20 and 16 campaign mark that he has underneath his belt at the high school level. There's been slams for that all week long. But at the end of the day, Jeff Saturday is a winner, a Super Bowl champion, a just any, any any superlative you want to put on his manistal, Jeff Saturday holds it. A Colts legend, a one of the NFL greats, no doubt about it, one of the best at his position. Now he gets an opportunity to take control of a team that, to be quite honest with you, is still going nowhere. They have flaws in their offensive line, whether you just want to point to the fact they're overpaid, whether you want to point to the fact they haven't had a quality left tackle, Since Anthony Costanzo, no disrespect to Eric Fisher, he did his best last year, but that was a a stopgap that led to uh, a break in the reservoir, so to speak, at left tackle to this point. They can't solve that. It continues to get players hurt. Nearly got Matt Ryan hurt, but he got benched because of poor play, which you could argue is because of the offensive line. It's gotten Jonathan Taylor hurt three or four times this year. This is a lost cause. This team is 3-5-1 on the season, and even if – They are able to somehow rattle off a couple of wins here and Tennessee massively drools all over themselves and trips up and they get a first round spot. Got to be honest. It's not worth it for me. It's not worth it for me at this stage to be in NFL purgatory, which is where the Colts are right now. I want my teams and I don't care if this makes me a, it doesn't mean I'm not going to follow the team, but I want my teams to be in one of two buckets. You're either a winner, or you are a dumpster fire. That's it. That's all I want. Because if you're a dumpster fire, you have a direction. You are trying to get back in the draft, rebuild from the ground up. If you are a winner, you're the Bills. You're the Chiefs. You're the Patriots for a really long time. Not anymore, but a really long time. Always in contention. Always flirting with a Lombardi trophy. Purgatory equals right in the middle. Middling draft pick every year. Maybe a playoff appearance every four years. Nothing going there. Tomorrow against the Raiders, the Colts may, may very well win because Las Vegas is absolute garbage. But if they do win, all that does is prolong the inevitable, which is a hopefully a top three or four pick in this year's, next year's, I beg your pardon, NFL draft. We'll dive more into that specific matchup in a little bit. Up next, though. Tom Noy of the South Bend Tribune going to spend some time with us. We'll recap the Irish, another victory for them over Navy, how they prepare for Boston College and USC after that on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook in for the coach, Bob Lovell. So pleased that you're with us here on a Saturday night. Let's get right to it with our next guest. He is a longtime member of the South Bend Tribune. He is a card-carrying Irishman, if there ever was one. And he is a legend of his craft. He is the great Tom Noy. Nice enough to take some time with us Tom, how are you doing on this cold Saturday? You have to shovel any snow off the uh, off the drive today?
2: I just mentioned to my wife <laughs> that the, the snow is currently sticking to the grass. <laughs> we are under a winter weather advisory. We, we might get four inches of snow before it's all said and done between now and 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So wasn't it just like 75 degrees and shorts weather like two days ago?
1: There, there's palm trees in your cover pic of Twitter. And it's making me jealous. Let's just put it that way. Yes, it was. It was. Welcome to Indiana, right? Yes. Hey, I'll be honest with you because I've seen the highlights now. But uh, (laughs) as I am, I'm I'm aware of many hats. So I was not able to watch this game. I was calling a girls basketball game in Zionsville, which, by the way, uh, the snow is sticking, at least on the north side of Indy. It's been sticking since this morning. So uh, Mm -hmm. not to a point to shovel. But uh, all of a sudden I look on Twitter. I see at halftime 35-16 things are rolling. Then all of a sudden I see thirty five, thirty two, and the regular trolls are calling for Tommy Reese's head. Well, so what? What? What happened? Paint, paint me a word picture here uh, for the Irish. <laughs> aside from the big uh, sizzling appetizer, which is that Braden Lindsey catch that's going to be on highlight reels, I'm sure for the next week.
2: Yeah, it's again a tale of two halves. But th- to sit here and say Tommy Reese has got to be fired, Tommy Reese doesn't deserve to have a job, Tommy Reese should be selling groceries somewhere. <laughs> Like you have to remember who they're playing and how how they're playing. Okay, they're playing the navy. They're playing navy, so navy's going to play four quarters. The, the marching orders at halftime for Marcus Freeman were, were clear: let's run the ball, let's run clock, and let's shorten the game. Get the heck out of Baltimore. Get back on the charter and get home with an easy victory. Like the first half of the game, everybody wants to say it's Tommy Reese's fault. It's this. It's that. Notre Dame is playing down to its competition. You don't play down to your competition by going out and, and and racking up 323 total yards and five touchdowns in the first half. You had the ball six times. They should have scored six times, all six times, because the, the the one possession they didn't get points. They missed a 42-yard field goal. So Notre Dame looked phenomenal in the first half. In the second half, again, you're playing against Navy. Navy's going to come at you for four quarters. They're not going to quit. Notre Dame may have checked out a little bit, said, hey, we've got this. Let's take our foot off the accelerator. We just beat Clemson. We just played perhaps our finest first half of the season. We're going to get out of here with a win. And they kind of forgot about what they were able to do to get that 35-13 halftime lead. And then they look up, and all of a sudden they've got to get an onside kick in the closing minute to get out of there with that win.
1: You have one minute because run a hard clock to describe to me that Braden Lindsay grab.
2: Uh, how about the 10 seconds? Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like it's just it, 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 for him to go make that play. And you can't, you, there's no, there's nobody you feel better more for than Braden Lindsay because he's had a really tough year. Mm-hmm. He's had chances to have five, six, seven touchdown catches for him to get that one in that manner in that game when they're really rolling you feel good for a guy like Braden Lindsay.
1: Anytime members of the Naval Academy are taking off their hats and doing the uh, surrender turtle, you know that you've done something special. That's exactly what happened for Braden Lindsay on that catch. I I do want to have you stick around for one more segment. I want to talk a little bit about next week for Boston College and the rest of the way for the Irish. If you have the time,
2: absolutely, my man. Awesome.
1: We will be back in just a second with with Tom Noy. He'll recap again. Uh, Moving forward, what the Irish have left on the schedule, it's Boston College. And then, of course, the showdown of all showdowns, Notre Dame and USC. That one on the road. USC in the top 10. Will they still be there by the time these two meet? Probably. Should be a fun one. We're going to look at that and Boston College when we roll on on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
0: And we have two hockey games going on across the state as we speak. Fort Wayne Comets leading the Wheeling Nailers. That's two to one late in the third period. All three of those goals happen in the first period. And then the Indy Field, they trail Cincinnati Cyclones 3 2. Early in the third period, Cincinnati scored two second period goals. Let's go to college football, a big day of college football. And congratulations to the Indianapolis Greyhounds, number 18 in Division 2. They beat Truman State 28 to 14. That clinches the GLVC Championship, and they are headed to the NCAA Division 2 playoffs. Division 3 today, the Anderson uh, Ravens, uh, they close the season with their only win of the season beating Manchester 19-12. The Monon-Bell game. DePaul was all over Wabash today, 49-14. DePaul wins the NCAC Championship, and they are headed to the Division III playoffs. The Victory Bell game in Franklin today, not a good day for the Grizzlies, as Hanover gets the win, 24-3. Mount St. Joseph's beat Rose Homan, 40-31, and Trine beat Kalamazoo, 42-19. NAIA football today, Indiana Wesleyan all over Madonna, 79-7. Number five in the country is Wesleyan. They are headed to the NAIA playoffs beginning next week. And the Marion uh, University, they beat Lawrence Tech, 45-14, number seven in the country. They, too, are headed to the NAIA playoffs. St. Francis. Lost to Concordia, Michigan, 27-10. to Sienna Heights beat Taylor, 24-7. to A lot of other football and basketball, we'll get to it at the top of the hour. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
1: Coming up in a little bit, we will have Rob Blackman of the Purdue Radio Network talk a little bit about the Boilers in a massive win over Iowa today, keeping potentially their Big Ten championship hopes alive. Uh, Kevin Bowen going to join us, as well as Derek Schultz in a little bit. But first, Tom Noy returns to us of the South Bend Tribune. You can follow him at T Noy N D I. That's T N O I E N D I. Tom, you look at this Notre Dame roster. Still two games left: uh, Boston College and USC, respectively. In terms of bowl games, when you go from the Lending Tree Bowl to the Gator Bowl, where does where this team fit in terms of uh, uh, how these final two games will shape up?
2: Well, privately, the people that cover the Notre <laughs> Dame football program up here in the media would like to see Notre Dame beat Boston College, then go out to Los Angeles over uh, Thanksgiving weekend and beat USC, finish 9-3, yeah. and three, and I think that would probably get them into the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. So we're rooting hard up here for the Holiday Bowl, <laughs> not so much the Dukes-Mayo Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl, if they happen to finish 8-4. and
1: <laughs> Lennon Tree Bowl's in Bama. I didn't even check that. I was just looking for funny names or funny companies. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even thinking about location, which, yeah, you're exactly right. Holiday Bowl is probably the place to be. Uh, when you look at USC as a – I don't want to say they're a a benchmark Notre Dame, but they're a rival of Notre Dame. It's hard to not look out west and check what your (laughs) distant neighbors are doing. Uh, Obviously, USC rolling in terms of their ranking and in terms of their play style this year. Uh, How does Notre Dame, with the growth they've seen over the last three weeks, not to gloss over Boston College, but I'm not going to talk to you next week, so I'll focus (laughs) on the game I care about. uh, How does Notre Dame team, as they've grown all this year, match up with a potential uh, Trojan squad that's fighting for potentially a playoff spot.
2: I'd say pretty well because the major games that these this program has played this year, at Ohio State, mm-hmm. at North Carolina, in Vegas against BYU, last week at home against Clemson. When they play the best teams, Notre Dame plays its best, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have that situation when they go out to Los Angeles over Thanksgiving weekend. USC, yeah, they're ninth in the country. They're th- they're being talked about. As a possible college football playoff team, but they've only played one ranked team, and they lost to that ranked team in, in Utah earlier this year. So Notre Dame is is more battle tested when it comes to ranked teams, big games, hard games, tough opponents. If, if Notre Dame could just get through Boston College, and it's it's a weird situation because they've always had their letdowns. Yep. after big games, mm-hmm. after the Ohio State game, after the BYU game, after the Clemson game, now they they have to battle and avoid a letdown before a big game because this is their first trip out to California to play USC in four years, and that the 2020 game got wiped out because right. of the pandemic. So they're all going to be looking at the fact that they can't wait to get out there, get out to California for a couple of days, but – you can't overlook B.C. because weird things happen at Notre Dame Stadium on senior day and especially against a team like Boston College.
1: Well, yeah, you talk about playing down to your competition, and I'm just looking a 7-3 and NC State squad. Not only do they have their hands folded, mm-hmm. they got beat by one against the now 3-7 and Boston College Eagles. So if you're looking at playing down to your competition and you're looking at that senior day house of horrors at times uh, that, that Irish fans know too well, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Tom. I mean, you, you don't come to play against Boston College, and all of a sudden uh, you really are looking at the Lending Tree Bowl as you're hoping that they can rise <laughs> the occasion against USC.
2: And, and and Boston College is a team that has a lot of issues, offensive line-wise, game-wise, quarterback-wise. But then all of a sudden you turn around, like you said, Jimmy, they go out and they beat a ranked team. That's their first win over a ranked team in eight seasons. So they're coming in here with a little bit of confidence, and again, it's Notre Dame, it's Boston College. The weird things tend to happen when those teams get together on the football field. So get through that game, get through, just like get through the second half of today's game against Navy, and then move on and say, all right, now this is it, USC, regular season finale, let's go win that and finish 9-3. and three. I'm telling you, if they finish 9-3, given where how far they've come back from, 0-2, that's a pretty good year for Marcus Freeman in his first season as head coach.
1: Couldn't agree more, and I've stressed it a number of times. I'm tired of the Marcus Freeman slander, the Marcus Freeman hate. <laughs> let the guy get up there, let him coach, let him do his job. Got some big wins under his belt already, and I tell you what, you add a regard. I mean, I guess you shouldn't say regardless of how the bowl game goes. Cause that's a sensitive subject for Irish fans. I know better. But <laughs> uh, you beat USC going to the bowl game. A lot, a lot of happy faces. All the way around campus, Uh, you got about two minutes or so. I promise you we get an opportunity for it. I wish it was in better graces going into the Youngstown State game tomorrow. But a friend of mine, Kevin Bowen, uh, was on the Dan Dockett show earlier this week. A member of the fan right here. And he said he was saying some words at his television that he didn't want his younger daughters to hear uh, during that Radford game. So put a bow on that one. And what can we expect tomorrow against Youngstown State?
2: If everybody thought Radford was a tough game the other night for Notre Dame men's basketball, they wind up winning that game by three at the end after they were down three with a minute 50 to play, Mike Bray has some news for you. As as tough of a, a game as Radford was, he believes, his staff believes, his players know Youngstown State is better than Radford. So Notre Dame, without one of their better players, maybe one of the best players in Marcus Hammond, the Niagara transfer guard who's out with a knee injury. so. This is going to be a very, very tough game for Notre Dame men's basketball at 4 o'clock at Purcell Pavilion against the Penguins of Youngstown State. Uh,
1: a little less than a minute. Uh, I love Mike Bray. I've met him before. Great guy. Is this because Youngstown State is good or because this is kind of a down year for Notre Dame as they're trying to work their way through and, and maybe it turns into a good year by the end of the season?
2: Heck no. Mac like Ryan says they have Final Four potential. So right he, they set the bar very high. Teams like Radford and Youngstown State are tough, and they're good, sure. and they're, they're, they're a challenge because they can get, they can get old in the portal. Uh, Radford had eight transfers. Youngstown State has six transfers, so they can get old, stay old, and get good better, uh, quicker than some of the other teams four, five, uh, six, seven years ago because of that transfer portal.
1: Hey, I grew up a Bulldogs fan. You don't need to tell me about Youngstown State. I, <laughs> I understand. I understand all about the little schools being able to bring it, and uh, it'll be a fun one tomorrow. Always appreciate your coverage, Tom, both with the football and basketball world of Notre Dame. Always good to hear your voice, sir. You got a man. We'll talk soon. Sounds like a plan. That is Tom Noy of the South Bend Tribune. Again, you can follow him at N D I at T N O I E. N D I. the coming up, we'll have a scoreboard update. And then Rob Blackman stops by to talk Purdue football on network. Indiana's Indiana sports talk.